Welcome to Let's Talk Innovation. This is the second episode of a four-part podcast series from ING that delves into innovation strategy and innovation trends both inside and outside of the financial sector. In other words, we're all about fintech or financial technology. My name is Jonathan Gruber, and we're calling this second episode The Future of finance. With everything that's going on in the world, how do you keep an innovative mindset? And how do customers and clients benefit from innovation? I have two distinguished guests to help me answer these questions. The first is Jeroen Plach, Head of Corporate Strategy at ING. Hello, Jeroen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're looking right across from each other through the plexiglass. There you go. Because, you know, COVID. And Peter Bunschoten, Initiative Lead at Invisible Tickets. Hello, Peter. Hi, good morning. So let me start with you, Jeroen. You are the head of corporate strategy, which in a big company sounds like a quite an important job. I think it is really important, actually. This morning, actually, when we were trying to get up to the studio, you're still taking calls all the way into the studio. So um, how does someone become a head of corporate strategy? Um, I can't answer that for you, unfortunately, as um, I, I rolled into the job, I guess. Um, uh, important, uh, yes, that's not how would I describe it myself. It's, it's, it's a key role, but at this point in time, it's mostly fun. And, and it has provided me for a fantastic steep learning curve. Um, on my background, I've been with ING for 27 years already. Uh, traveled the globe mostly on the corporate banking side, both in the US and Asia, Southeast Asia. And then we moved to Korea. Um, and then we moved back eight years ago and I was asked to move into this role to, to look at really with my wholesale banking background, uh, uh, importing the Think Forward strategy into that part of the organization. Um, but again, important, that's not what I would call it. It's, it's more, and specifically with COVID-19 as well, quite challenging to keep up. Right. Um, and that's where innovation will come in as well. But when we're, you're, you're going to have a lot of questions about that. I knew you'd play down the important thing. It's not very Dutch to call oneself one important. Nah, is it? No, that's not but how we... And it's also a bit ING. It's, it's, and I'm, I'm from Rotterdam. Um, that's where we say, uh, uh, don't talk too much about it, just do it. Right. Um, and uh, can you give me an example of the kind of thing that you do, that you work on specifically? Um, well, specifically now on COVID-19, what we've done a lot is, is um, how do we prepare the organization to deal with radical uncertainty? Obviously, COVID-19 was an event that nobody saw coming and the impact is, is obviously massive. So one specific piece we've worked on uh, for the, um, uh, the, the, the board of ING is scenario planning. So how do you plan and, and what could the world look like in, in 10 to 15 years from now? And the trick is not to pick the winning scenario because that doesn't exist. You need to make sure that uh, the, the plans that the business is preparing um, uh, can adapt, can be agile enough uh, to adapt to any different scenario that could be playing out. So like covering all your bases, multiple scenarios. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. yeah. Petra, I have looked into invisible tickets and you guys have... Absolutely the best product. Now, if you could just explain to the listeners what it is you guys do and your role at Invisible Tickets. 
Yes, well, Invisible Tickets is a, a new mobile ticketing and payment system. And um, this is really changing uh, the future of traveling via public transport. So we provide a software-based solution to public transport operators. They can integrate it there in, in their app. And once that is done, the traveler only needs their mobile phone to travel. So no need to buy tickets, no need to check in anymore. You just take the train. We follow you during your trip. And by the end of the trip, we will make sure you you pay the best fee that uh, for the trip that you used. So let me make sure I understand this because, in fact, I I took the tram in this morning and then I took the 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 Amsterdam subway system, right? Mm-hmm. So I even had to transfer once. So I wouldn't. And the way I did, of course, is I took my phone out and my phone. Uh, actually, I have a card which is in my phone case. So let's be clear about that. And the card, I put it up against the reader and it opens up the port and it registers when I go in. And then at the end of my trip, it registers again when I go out because I put mm-hmm. the card in front of this these gates. Right. Which then open up. I wouldn't be doing any of that. Well, in the end, you need to open the gate. Okay, so how would so I open the gate? You still open the gate with, uh, with our solution. So we provide a QR code for you so you can open the gate. Okay, so the QR code is what, on my phone? It's on your phone indeed. And then when I leave, how do I get out? If there's a gate again, you need to use the same uh, the same QR code. Okay. But in the Netherlands, it's of course a very specific situation. There are a lot of counties where you don't have gates, and then you don't have to do anything at all. Then we just track and trace you. Oh, you mean so like in other countries where they don't have that specific gate system, I don't have to do anything really? Indeed. That's And how do they know I've gone in? Yeah, then it's very easy indeed for the customer because if there are no gates, you just enter the train and then we track you because we know where you are based on your phone. So it's a location-based service, so we know exactly where you uh, enter the train and when you leave the train. That's and then in that way, we can detect your journey. I love that so much. I mean, there's a big brother aspect to it, and but there's also, I, I'm a person who's really into convenience. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so I love that part of it. That's great. Yeah. And what's your role at Invisible Tickets? Well, I'm the initiative lead, so that means I'm responsible for uh, for the entire initiative, making sure um, that um, within a certain time we are able to spin out. So we want to go commercially live uh, next year so that we are able to roll out the product in several countries. The moment we do that, um, I think it's time to start an independent company. And um, where did this idea come from? How did it germinate? Well, it originally came from some ING colleagues. Uh, they were experts working in the Netherlands. And then while they were traveling in the Netherlands, they realized that the way of traveling was not very customer friendly and uh, that there was a, this huge opportunity to increase the experience. Let's just get right into it then. So this show is about the future of finance and specifically fintech. And as this year has shown us, and as Jeroen has already said, the future is hard to predict despite our best efforts. So here's a question I keep hearing. Can innovation help us future-proof an organization, Jeroen? A resounding yes. Um, specifically now in, in this changing environment, uh, we need an organization with uh, ING colleagues that not only from a behavior perspective, but also processes, the way of working, 
they need to be agile. Um, as I mentioned earlier, with, with the radical uncertainty we're facing and the scenarios, we do not know what is ahead. Um, uh, the, the customer behavior is, is constantly changing. Society is changing. Um, what it is that regulations and the government is asking of us is, is changing as well. And we need to create an organization that is capable of adapting uh, to those changing circumstances. So what you're talking about is kind of the mindset, really. It's, right. it's, 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 it is all about mindset, and, and I think that was the great thing about the Think Forward strategy when Ralph, the previous CEO, launched the Think Forward strategy. Um, there, was a, uh, there was really a, a, a focus on the people aspect, and culture is a big thing. I believe it's more around behavior, um, uh, where we really need to focus how we believe people should be behaving with, with, within ING, and then you talk about the agile way of working, there's processes, uh, uh, there's the way of interacting, and also interacting with, with customers, obviously, and other stakeholders. Can you give me an, an example of a time this has worked in the past where you thought, yes, it's having this mindset that kept us going? Um, over the past six months, since we have been going through COVID-19 and dealing with COVID-19, I find that it, people find it very easy to find one another within ING. It's, it's a governance light uh, organization, I would say. And um, uh, because people also, well, I'm a good example. I've been there for 27 years. We know one another. So it's very easy to find one another and to get stuff done. Uh, but it's also the behavior, not sitting on knowledge and not willing to share. Um, there's a quote by, I think it's, it's uh, former President Truman, um, as long as you do not care who gets the credit, you can achieve anything in life. And, and that's one of my profound beliefs. Um, you need to share knowledge that you build. Um, and that's also a good example of, of the innovation organization that we've built. It's all around sharing knowledge. That's uh, I'm just writing down that quote. You should. <laughs> you should. It's a good one. Was it Truman? Really? How interesting. I, I think it was Truman, but you want to look it up. But it's, Not it's known a good for quote. quotable quotes. Okay. Well, but I, but that's a, But if he actually said that, that's a really good I, one. I, I'm pretty sure it was Truman, but I'll look it up for you. And actually, I, I have the same question to you, Patrick. Can innovation future-proof an organization? Definitely. Yes. And... Um, we need to make sure, of course, that um, we also have the time to do that and uh, make sure we use the right frameworks for that. And uh, because if you look at uh, the challenges that we are facing, like Jeroen was, was uh, saying, uh, the, the, the needs of the customers, not only customers, but also the corporate clients are changing fast. And uh, what we need to make sure is that uh, we come up with solutions that we can also bring to the market pretty fast. So time to market is key here, and, and the fact that we uh, keep on innovating and keep on changing the way that we develop our products and services, taking into account the customer need, that really helps us to, uh, to keep sustainable. Excellent. And um, I think the next question then, uh, by the way, we just checked, and indeed it was Truman who made that quote. So it's true. You heard it here, folks, but not first, because it's obviously all over the Internet. Anyway, yeah, yeah, he kind of passed away a long time ago. So, so anyway, Petra, you're also talking about this mindset, time to market. So um, can you guys help me inventory the biggest challenges we're facing, you know, 
Ooh, where can I start? There's obviously quite a, quite, quite a lot. Um, from a customer perspective, I believe, um, and Petra was referring to that as well, uh, the purpose of ING is, is to empower people to stay a step ahead and to provide for this differentiating and customer experience. But at this point in time, it's, it's also about financial health, making sure that obviously people can, well, get by organized, uh, don't get into debt uh, uh, too fast, because a lot of people obviously are, are, are losing their jobs. So the interaction that we're having, both with retail as, as well as with corporate customers, is really how do we make sure that, 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 that they can keep up as well and that they stay financially healthy. And there's innovation coming in there as well. I mean, there's a lot of apps that help you uh, provide insights into your daily spending behavior. Um, and obviously, it's not only via digital means, it's also via a lot of personal interaction with, for example, uh, corporate customers. How are they doing? What's happening? What do they see over the next couple of weeks and months? And, and how are their companies developing? So it's really keeping a pulse and, and keeping a very close contact. So it's a combination of digital, i.e. apps. Yolt is a good example. They've just launched last week. Um, uh, is, it, is that Jolt? This is a car app, right? Is no, it? no, Yolt. Oh. Y-O-L-T. It's, it's, it's a UK-based uh, app. It's, 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 it's ING-owned uh, as well, separate, so ah. like, uh, like Invisible Tickets. And they launched uh, uh, more functionalities last week, actually, um, whereby uh, uh, as a user you can get more insights on your daily spending. And that's obviously how we can help you to, you to keep uh, and stay financially healthy as well. And what do you think are the biggest challenges? Is Petra. Yeah, I think you don't already mention very good examples, so I have nothing to add there. Well, you know, l- then let me ask you this question, Petra. How do you keep innovating if everybody is sitting at home? Yeah, that's indeed uh, one of the challenges that we're facing. But uh, luckily, uh, as we all know, ING um, well, is working, um, is using the Agile framework. And the Agile framework is really adding structure to everything what we do. So the moment we started working from home, we are using now even more this structure to make sure that everyone on the team is fully aligned so that we can just continue with all the activities that we already did. So although we miss a lot of the interaction in the office, that um, we don't, of course, have have when we are working from home, um, it's not impacting um, our output at the moment. So um, we can still develop what we want to do. We uh, still continue with our conversations with the customers. And uh, in that way, um, not a lot changed compared to the previous situation. Not a lot changed. That sounds really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like we don't need each other. So give me an example of what you mean by keeping an innovative state of mind, as it were. Yeah, well, the example, one of the examples is that um, we really want to make sure that the teams are in charge so that they can continue um, with all the activities that they do. And uh, a nice example is that um, for everything that we would like to develop, we, of course, have um, both business and IT involved. So it's not um, any longer the case that someone from the business is coming up with a nice idea. It's the full interaction that makes sure that every idea that we have is getting better. And one of the examples is that uh, really popped up during uh, the last few months is that we noticed that um, when we were doing all the pilots for invisible tickets um, due to COVID-19, no one was traveling. But we know that we are collecting data, we know what the need of the customer is, and that people are afraid of using transport, public transport. So then the team came up with this great idea, what if we can predict how crowded it is while you want to use the train. 
so that people can change their mind. And, and the way that that popped up is also because the way we work, we constantly are um, interacting with each other and really think about uh, what can we do to improve this journey. So what you mean is like, to see if I understand this, uh, uh, I'm thinking about having to take public transport like I did this morning. But of course, it's COVID time, so I don't want to be crushed into a... Uh, a big crowded train like a sardine. So I want to be able to see the moments when the trains are least crowded and you're, you've come up with a feature where I can actually see that. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we have this very nice travel smart feature when you can just immediately see in your app how crowded it is on the train that you would like to take that morning. And then you can decide, okay, I'll take a train later or I will start working from home. Great. What about you, Jeroen? Uh, Do you have anything to to add to this idea of how people working at home? I mean, the question, the initial question was, how do you keep innovating if everyone is at home? Hmm. Petra said, no problem. It's all about the agile mindset. It's all about making sure that you stay on top of uh, knowing what the customers actually want. I mean... Is this the way it's working for you? It is. It is working that way. In in, in my specific team, uh, where we do a lot of projects, um, the, the agile way of working, uh, using stand-ups, having a conversation in the morning. Where do we stand? What do we need from one another? How do we go about this day? That that actually works. We do see that people. Some people crave for personal interaction. Myself, I, I crave for personal interaction. So I do do Vondel Park one-on-one walks uh, in in order to keep a personal connection. But you came into the studio today. Mm-hmm. Yep, well, on a bike, but um, uh, not walking. It's that's that's just a bit too far. But um, I, I do believe that people, yeah, do crave for personal interaction. But uh, Petra is right; it, it is working, and the way uh, people at ING are interacting with one another um, has, um, and, and the agile way of working has not proven to be a burden. Uh, if anything, it's it's a strength of, of how we interact with one another. What do you miss? There's got to be one thing where you think to yourself. Well, yes. I mean, uh, I miss the interaction at, at our Cedar building, the, the new uh, uh, campus that we built in Amsterdam Zuidoost, interacting with people. I mean, that building was set up to interact with one another. It's 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 a platform where you interact and meet with people. Um, and typically, if I go down, I'm on the fifth floor, if I go down to the ground floor to get a cup of coffee, I would run into four or five people. And instead of calling them or emailing them, I, I, I talk to them because I meet with them. And that's the interaction that I'm missing now. So right. That is something that I find is, is more difficult. You need to Zoom and plan and team everything instead of just running into somebody because that's no longer feasible and possible. There are fewer fortuitous accidents. That's a beautiful That's a beautiful English word. That, that, that is indeed what is... Yeah, that, that's what I'm missing most. And that makes me less productive because I need to plan more interaction instead of bumping into people, which is no longer allowed, obviously. Let's switch gears just a little bit, guys, and talk about the companies who are so innovative. You think to yourself, yes, I would love to work with these people. Who's on your radar? Do you know? Microsoft. Why Microsoft? 
I, I would consider, I would compare Microsoft to, to ING in the way that it, it's an old company. Uh, ING has been around for, well, including some of the companies that we acquired for, for centuries. Microsoft, I, I think specifically from a Silicon Valley perspective, is an older company. Yeah, they've been around since the 70s. There you go. And, and well, some companies obviously have only been around for six, seven, eight years, uh, including some of our li- newest competitors, uh, Adyen, uh, there, there's Molly. Um, but what I like about Microsoft is that they have been able to to turn their behavior and their culture around, uh, which I think they, they're still doing that. They're still on this journey. But they're, for me, they are an example of how you can transform an existing company and, and keeping and making sure that it can keep up with the new competition and the new requirements of stakeholders and, and customers. That is very interesting because I remember like a lot of people fleeing from Microsoft yeah. at a certain point and now I have returned to them. So they, they like what they've seen and it's, it starts at the top. Um, so Nadella uh, has, has, has built yeah, a, a, a new philosophy and yeah, a lot of people didn't like that so they left. But it, it, the interaction that I've had with them was, was also on, on behavior and how they've changed. And yeah, again, a lot of people did not feel comfortable. Well, then you've got a choice. Um, uh, and it's in their KPI system. It's in their HR system. It's in the way of working system. It's how they interact with customers. And you can see the change. And, and the people that have been at Microsoft that I spoke to and that I speak to and interact with, and they say it, it is a different company today. And it's still on this journey. Um, yeah, that, that would be my example. And what about you, Petra? Who's on your I love this list? Well, I have several companies. If I look at the finance sector, then it's uh, definitely uh, N26 and Revolut. The way that they solve the problem of their customers is really amazing. But if I look one step further, and uh, a company I would love to work with, it's uh, Epic Games. Um, because Epic if you Games. Look at Epic, Epic Games. Games. Right. Yes. Yeah, they created this hybrid Fortnite, and um, I think it's really uh, incredible. If you look also at um, not only the way that they launch their um, their products, but also at the events they are organizing. I think it was last summer when I had this uh, event of the start of the new season of Fortnite, and even before the event started, they had 12 million gamers already in the game. And I've never seen that happening in the finance world. So me, the me, fact meaning, that meaning you, there was nothing happening. They were just waiting for something to happen. Twelve people had logged indeed. into it. Twelve million people. And I think that is really amazing. And I've never seen that happening here. So I think uh, the highlight <laughs> that at least I was part of was uh, the launch of Apple Pay in the Netherlands. And we had hundreds of thousands of uh, customers waiting for the moment that we were um, supposed to uh, go live. But millions and millions of customers, that's a dream. Right. You you want you want to it sounds to me like you want to work on a product that people are going to be super so excited for so uh anticipating it that they're going to wait in a line just to get involved in it. Is that what what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, definitely. That's that's the dream. I think that you that's the dream of a lot of people that you can be part of something that is changing uh, changing your life. Or changing part of your life. Now I know that you're and a little. your life easier. You're you're a little bit biased because you're a gamer, right? Yes. Because I know this because when we first were planning this episode, I saw you on. We had a a, a Teams call, a Microsoft product, you know. We, you. Were, we were on a Teams call, and uh, I saw you sitting on your gamer chair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, "I'm so proud of my gamer chair. I love it." <laughs> <laughs> 
Is it your, yeah. is it your gamer chair, Petra? Or? No, it's really mine. Yeah, it's I have three in my house. But this one was really mine. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Johnston, uh, you use the word product. I would describe Epic uh, more as a platform where, where people come together. And that's, I think, also the strength and, and obviously, well, the, the future of, of banking and, and of more interactions and, and, and um, ultimately, if, if you look at uh, the products that we're selling, they're all commoditized and they will be commoditized. And that's not really providing for the differentiating a customer experience. And the great thing of Epic and Fortnite, my, my 15-year-old is playing that as well, is that he is in this environment where he meets up with his friends, his rapper, famous rappers are there as well. They're performing in that platform as well. And they've created this environment where people get together and exchange ideas, they game. But it's it was set up with gaming, but it, it, it it's capable of providing for much more interaction on, on their platform. And that's the future of finance, uh, I, I believe, as well. What do you mean? Ultimately, um, banks started as platforms because we brought together people with ideas and people with money. And what we're doing today in, in the ultimate open platform environment is that if you come to the ING uh, environment, the ING platform, um, it, it could be an ING mortgage because of the house, the dream house that you found, but it could also be that there's another provider that is capable of offering you a better offering. But then our goal is to offer that via our platform. Um, and now we talk about consumers and products. In, in the platform world, you talk about users and producers. And Amazon is a good example. They bring together producers and users. And, and the only thing they're interested in is getting the users of the platform the best experience and the best deal. Um, so today, the bank is providing for a platform that's closed. It's our products and our consumers, our, our clients. In the future, we could see that we are offering, well, uh, even Abin Amro's mortgages on our platform to you as a user of the ING platform. And then how do we make money? Because now we make money by selling the mortgage, uh, making a fee of, of making an introduction to between the, the, the user and the producer on the platform. Can I just say that that sounds like a radical idea? Is that the kind of thing that you think people will go for within the company? Or is it something you're going to have to fight for? Because thinking about ING as a platform uh-huh. is a real sea change. It's a real change of mindset about a bank, and banks are ultimately their conservative institutions. Mm. But you're thinking about letting other people in yep. under your umbrella, under your brand name, under your logo. Yep. Do you, is this yep. something people are going to go for within the company, do you think? That definitely is a challenge, Jonathan, and um, it, it is actually, uh, the, not not to speak that, that I uh, have come up now, have come up with now, it, it's something that Ralf, uh, again, Hamers, our previous CEO, did launch when, when we spoke about the Think Forward strategy too, because he believed, and, and I agree, that the competition for banks is... is, is also other banks, but also the big platforms, i.e. Amazon, there's Google, and obviously Ali and and Tencent in in China, because they are capable of really creating this differentiating a customer experience, and um, that is what it is all about. Um, So that has also driven us towards that that thinking process. Uh, The challenge internally is is quite interesting, because, yeah, we're dealing with colleagues that have been selling mortgages all of their lives, and now we say, well, you may want to consider selling somebody else's mortgage to my customer. <laughs> Get yeah. out of here. So we, we know how to, make, how to make money. 
on, on the old way of working and interacting with customers, do we know how to make money on the new way of interacting with our customers? And, and why would you want to do this? Because you have a bigger reach and ultimately it, it is, and you can create more volume, uh, you can create more fee income instead of uh, NIM, net interest margin, uh, i.e. Uh, interest income. Um, and, and if this works, and that's obviously the scalability of platforms, that's what Amazon and Google and, and Ali have shown as well, um, you, you, you can provide for this tremendous flywheel uh, uh, to operate. Um, it, it is a challenge, uh, also from a regulatory perspective, because everything that happens on our platform obviously needs to be regulated according to what the banking regulators are telling us. And that's where there is, well, not a level playing field, because obviously some of the big tech are not dealing with that same uh, regulatory scrutiny, uh, which is definitely a challenge, specifically in Europe. Petra, the same to you. We're talking about thinking about different ways, new and interesting ways. Yunun is talking about turning ING into a platform. Where do you see this going? Well, I think this is really in the, uh, the step forward. And the platform thinking, the platform strategy, I think that is the start of a lot of new services that we can develop. Um, but I think what is also very important that we focus on the disruptive development, the disruptive actions and products that are not no longer related to financial services, but that we can also so leverage the fact that we have a huge potential client base that we can provide other services as well. I take the example of invisible tickets. We are now opening a new market for transit. And that will create lots of opportunities, not only for ING regarding additional fee income, but also opening a client base and making sure that we connect both corporate clients and customers in all kinds of different European countries. And I think that's, to add, Jonathan, that's, that's the interesting thing of the setup of, of innovation at, at ING, that some of these things, and, and Invisible Ticks is a great example, may not stay with ING, with, within ING. However, it obviously has created and added to a way of thinking, how can we continue to provide for the best customer experience? And... Um, we don't have to build everything ourselves. We can partner. We do that with a lot of fintechs. Um, uh, we can buy, obviously, certain uh, knowledge and capabilities as well. All of that to make sure that we deliver on, on the three ways to play. We talked about the platform. That's that's building our own platform. The second way to play, and that's, that's to Petra's example, is to think of new innovative uh, concepts. Uh, as, as we have defined a couple of value spaces that we operate. And within those value spaces, uh, we want to find new and, and disrupted ideas. And the third way to play uh, on the, in the platform economy is uh, working uh, on other people's platforms. So providing our products and services to others. So we do that in Germany. Uh, to Amazon. So Amazon obviously has a lot of SME uh, entrepreneurs. They offer their products on the Amazon platform and we provide them with funding uh, via the ING operation in Germany. And, and I think Petra and, and Invisible Ticks is a great example next to Yolt that we discussed earlier as well on the second way to play, i.e. coming up with new creative and, and, and disruptive ideas. Um, at, uh, and, and they may stay at ING, but we, uh, uh, they could go as well because sometimes they're better off on their own um, uh, after having been born at, at ING. Well, that almost brings us to the end of the show. What I'd really like to, to end with, with you guys is for each of you to mention the one thing that really gets you excited in the morning with regard to fintech and the topic we're talking about today. One thing that I think of when I wake up um, uh, is, is how... 
ING is a large organization and um, getting everybody going in in order to chase the same goal to empower people to stay a step ahead. Um, Ultimately, whatever we do, whether you're in head office, in innovation, in finance, in HR, uh, it's it's about the customer and making sure that that we can provide them specifically now during uh, COVID-19 with the opportunity to, to, to reach their goals and to be financially healthy. And I truly believe we all work on that on, on, on a daily basis. Why does that matter to you so much? Because I believe that we have our own uh, goals and objectives, but um, rather than shareholders, we also have a lot of stakeholders. And, and I think also during this crisis, um, if you compare it to the previous one, where we, uh, well, a lot of obviously the stuff that happened originated from the financial industry 10, 12 years ago. And now we have an opportunity to be part of the solution. And um, yeah, I've, I feel proud to be part of, of providing for a solution to, uh, to the troubles that we're in and making sure that, uh, that, that people can be financially healthy. And Petra, same question. Yeah, I think I've, I also agree, of course, with what Jeroen is saying. For me, what is uh, an, another um, additional uh, topic on, on top of that is that um, also taking care of my team. Yeah, because um, Jeroen is talking really about uh, the stakeholders, about our customers, but also I think what is important to make sure that uh, the members uh, of of for example, now individual tickets, but the employees of ING also keep on the spirit and the energy. I think especially in these times. And sometimes that is worrying me to make sure that we will keep on the energy in the team. And although we have a lot of chats with each other, what we are saying in the beginning, everyone is missing that personal contact. And uh, and that's something that is, I think it's very important to make sure that we not only focus on our stakeholders and customers, but also on the ING employees. And that is the end of the show. How do you feel, guys? Pretty good. Thank Great. you, Jonathan. Thank you. Thanks. Well, a big thank you to my guest today, Jeroen Plach, Head of Corporate Strategy at ING, and Peter Bunschoten, Initiative Lead at Invisible Tickets. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. This was the second episode in our four-part series, Let's Talk Innovation. Let us know if you'd like more at bnr.nl slash brandstories slash innovation, where you can also hear the other three shows, and we'd love to hear what you think about them, too. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Jonathan Hubert. Have an innovative day. Oh.